got a great Northwest story here that uh, goes back over 150 years or so about some lost gold. And uh, there's a story I saw in the Vancouver Sun about a ship that sunk off the coast of Cape Flattery at the end of uh, the Olympic Peninsula. This is back in 1875. And it was found by a guy from Seattle named Jeff Hummel. Jeff's on the line with us. And uh, Jeff had been searching for this ship, uh, this uh, shipwreck for better part of 30 years. And he was searching for it for that long because it has $11 million in gold in it, John. And he found it. And he might get to keep it, if I understand things right. Jeff's on the line with us now. Jeff, are you from Mercer Island? That's true. All right. Welcome. And uh, in what I, when I read about you and your, and your friend, you'd been looking or, you know, you've been searching for this thing and researching, his, uh, you know, uh, historic boats and planes and underwater stuff. For 30 years, you've been looking for the SS Pacific. And, uh, and, and when did you find it? Well, we found it uh, in 2022 um, in the springtime, but initially we weren't certain that it was actually the correct ship. Um, Normally these ships, there's been about four other ships like this discovered. They all kind of look the same. Ours does not. And so it took us a while, you know, even after discovering this anomaly on the bottom to, um, you know, positively identify it. And it was really finding the paddle wheels on the bottom that said, okay, this this really is the Pacific. The SS Pacific was making a run that night in November of 1875 from Victoria uh, down to San Francisco, part of the big gold rush and all that, and, uh, and, and it sank with a gold and a whole bunch of people. It was like the worst maritime disaster in the state, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the worst maritime disaster of the West Coast. Um, it's not, there, there aren't good enough records to indicate, you know, positively how many people were on board, but it was between four and 500 people. Um, the ship had carried that many people in the past and, you know, people were anxious. Uh, you know, Victoria was a very small settlement at the time, only about 2000 people. And so here's these guys, they've got a lot of, you know, wealth and they were headed to San Francisco, uh, you know, um, and the rail line to the East coast. And, um, unfortunately, you know, they, they died, you know, very wealthy people, uh, on their, you know, final leg of their journey. Where is the gold now and why is it yours? If it's, if it's down there? Well, the gold is in two different places. There's a debris field and we believe that there's, you know, uh, some percentage of the gold out in the debris field that would have been in people's luggage. Um, they may have had it on their person and they had to decide, well, I'm going to let my gold sink to the bottom or I'm going to sink to the bottom. Uh, and then the rest of it is in a strong room. So there was a shipment, um, by Wells Fargo, uh, for three different banks. Uh, and they were shipping the gold, you know, in a strong room. They regularly rented uh, a room on board the vessel. Uh, and every, every time the ship, uh, left Victoria, it had gold on board. It was a common, common practice. And so that gold is in the strong room. Uh, which is still intact uh, on the ship. And so we, uh, to recover that portion of the cargo, we have to, you know, burrow into the uh, strong room area and recover um, the Wells Fargo boxes, which have the um, express cargo on board. And if I understand right, you, 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 you had an idea of maybe where it went down, but then you took some other evidence from fishermen and stuff that said 
we're getting snagged on something down here on the bottom or their nets would come up and have coal in it. And they're like, that coal is the same coal that they were using for the that ship and stuff. And, and so you knew you were on the right track? Yeah, so we used as much science and analysis that we could. You know, we studied the tides and the currents. We did what's called a remap. We tried to, like, um, understand the route that the captain was trying to steer. Um, three days before the ship sank, it ra- it rained six inches uh, in Astoria, Oregon, uh, right on the coast. And that created this, this event in the Cascades where this massive amount of water called a freshet came down the Columbia River and out into the ocean. And it drove this incredible current to the northward, and that really affects the, you know, navigation analysis. So it was, you know, difficult to narrow it down to a, you know, precise area. So we, we narrowed it down to about a 400 square mile area, and then uh, within that area, you've got the Juan de Fuca Canyon, which is this Grand Canyon sized you know, canyon running through, out, you know, through the Strait of Juan de Fuca out into the ocean incredibly difficult area to search with sonar going up and down the slopes and all these nooks and crannies and stuff. So one of the techniques we thought might work is if we could find some fishermen that maybe brought some stuff up in their net, you know, we could, you know, narrow the area down. And eventually uh, we found one fisherman and then eventually a second fisherman that actually did bring up some coal and they kind of had an idea where they got it. They weren't real certain. Uh, But from that, we were able to narrow it down enough to, narrowed down the search area to a very small area, just of a couple square miles. And it turned out that theory worked, and that's where we located the wreck. And let me go back to the my question of, you know, why this is yours. It's because you, you're the first one to find it. And then what, but what happens if somebody else, now that you've found it, somebody else gets in there before you and, and digs it up? Well, they'd be in violation of a federal court order, which might cause them some grief uh, down the road. So that that we don't worry about so much. Um, the process of salvage and the, and the laws related to it are very similar to probate. So we have found the wreck, and um, we have rights because we're the person who is recovering that cargo. And so we're entitled to a salvage award to... Um, monetize and and reward us for the hard work that we've done. And so uh, we have settled with the underwriters, the people who insured the cargo, a group out of London uh, insured the cargo, and we came to an agreement with them about a month and a half ago um, and, uh, you know, came to an agreement on percentages that we're very happy with. And uh, there are potentially some other claimants of people who, you know, had relatives on board, but it's very difficult to prove those claims, yeah. and um, we don't expect to have any challenges in that area. Yeah, right. no one's got a note from 1875 yeah. that says my gra- great-grandfather has yeah. a couple million dollars worth of gold on there? Well, someone might, um, but we haven't seen any of those yet. And so there's $11 million of gold. When do you expect to get it uh, off, this, off the bottom of the ocean? Well, um, I don't know that there's $11 million in gold. It oh. may be higher than that number. Um we know, uh, you know, what was shipped originally, and we'll see what that's worth, you know, when it's auctioned off in the future. Um, we uh, are in the process of designing the equipment and building the equipment to do the recovery. It's a, a very unusual recovery. It's not where you just kind of find the stuff laying on the ocean floor. We've got some extra work to do to, to get it. And um, I'm sitting right outside our um, our research lab where we're developing the robotics equipment that we're going to use to recover the cargo. 
Uh, we're going to start doing that this year, and then the bulk of the cargo will be recovered next year. It says uh, in this story that it's all at 500 meters down, and they, by comparison, the Titanic is 4,000 meters down. Um, so it's maybe a little easier. But did you ever have any dealings with that uh, Ocean Gate uh, submersible uh, outfit out of Western Washington that was involved in the Titanic thing. Yeah, um, I did have some dealings with them. I previously worked for a company that operated uh, submersibles all over the world, um, and they had approached us, Ocean Gate had, to uh, work on our project, but um, we thought that the project would be much better suited to uh, just a robotics endeavor, not not a, a human endeavor. Gotcha. Well, when do you plan on getting back out there? Well, uh, I think our first trip out is scheduled for May. Um, you know, it's weather dependent. It's the uh, El Nino year, so we'll see if the weather cooperates. We have what looks like a large vessel when it's sitting at the dock, but when you're out in the ocean, it's just a tiny speck. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll be out there um, this year. Um, our major recovery is planned for later in the year, uh, August, September, October uh, timeframe. I'd imagine you got, you're going to be shooting video of this. Absolutely. Uh, there's a possibility that there'll be a, a unscripted TV series uh, on the ah, project. Yeah. So we've just signed an agreement with a major producer, and we'll see how that works out. Well, we'll keep your number, and uh, and uh, we wish you luck on getting that stuff to the surface, and maybe you get to keep a good bunch of it, too. Pretty amazing, right. fascinating story. Thank you uh, for, Thank your you for your time. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff.